Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Taylor. How's it going, Taylor? Going pretty good. I'm regretting not having more coffee, but other than that, it's good. Yeah, coffee's kind of, yeah, you know, this whole isolation thing's been funny because, like, even now I'm getting so lazy that I'm like, do I even want to make a coffee or do I want (laughs) to grab a Coke Zero from the fridge or something? Like, it's my actual morning. You've just described my actual morning. (laughs) Am I, do I really want to put coffee grounds into the coffee maker? Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. A little bit too much work. I, yeah. I ended up buying this like energy they it's like a powder and they say it's like an energy drink so you just mix it with water but it's got like no sugar in it so i've been oh. actually drinking that in the mornings at least during the weekdays and uh yeah it's definitely kind of interesting because they're like yeah it gives you eight to ten hours of energy and like yeah i'll just be buzzing throughout the day when i drink this stuff so it's just, oh that sounds nice magical I'm, energy powder yeah i'm sure it's i'm sure it's like a horror movie it'll like come back to bite me in the ass or something like <laughs> turn me into belial or i'll start transforming into a <laughs> or something like hey you never know you could get an extra arm out of it okay that would be pretty cool that would be beneficial actually like people would make fun of me for it but i'd be able to do a lot that i, I would not make fun of you for it i would be very jealous <laughs> well i will report back if this energy powder gives me like another arm or like <laughs> i start growing like a third shoulder or something we'll see yeah and then i'll just buy up all of it just and just that's all i'll consume Mm. This sounds like start. This starts to sound like a D and D kind of thing. Like you're drinking this powder, roll to see its effects, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you've just grown like another arm. Oh my goodness, that's actually not a terrible idea, and I might write that down at some point to do it in a campaign. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic mutation campaign. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you drink this drink, you think it's gonna heal you. Nah, it ends up turning you into a goat. Um... <laughs> But we're not talking about D and D. Although I love, I do love D and D, and I should say D and D kind of can have some horror elements to it, which is kind of fun too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about Tourist Trap, uh, one of Stephen King's favorite horror movies. Uh, I really? Kind of, yeah, he's kind of oftentimes mentioned the movie and how he likes it, and uh, I can kind of see why. This kind of seems like it would be a Stephen King story if it weren't for the fact that it's not a Stephen King story. Like, there's a lot of similarities in terms of, like, the setup and the themes and whatnot. Like, it sounds, it's very similar in a lot of ways to a Stephen King uh, story. Yeah, the the psychic power actually is what is most Stephen King to me. It's just set it in Maine, and then it's basically like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. The official summary of Tourist Trap, a group of stranded teenagers falls prey to the demented owner of a roadside museum and his army of evil mannequins, which uh, I got to say, they don't look like teenagers in this. They definitely look like they're pushing like almost 30 in some cases. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's very Hollywood, though. Yeah, that's a very like common thing. But I just noticed it like quite a bit more in this movie where I was just like, man, these people are like 
definitely way too old to be considered a teenager. <laughs> in fact, if it wasn't for reading the synopsis, I would have assumed they weren't teenagers. I would have just assumed they were like late college age at the most. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the this is another movie that the description of it doesn't necessarily spoil it in the same way that it did for Basket Case, but like falls prey to demented owner of Roadside Museum and his army of evil mannequins. Like, yeah, uh, maybe that's... kind of gives it away a little bit. Maybe I'm just looking because I've watched it. I know, but yeah, no, that's definitely pushing it because there's like a good part of this movie where it kind of reminded me of that. What was that movie we watched that was set in Australia? Wolf Creek, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it kind yeah. of reminded me of that where, like, it's sinister undertones, but you also kind of feel like this person's kind of, like, being pretty friendly to them. But I feel like, unlike Wolf Creek, this kind of goes on a little too long. And yeah. It, it almost like, you, yeah, you think, oh, it can't be this guy. He's way too nice. But, yeah, no, it's he's 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 a sinister guy. Yeah, I I definitely feel like this movie, it wasn't even that long of a movie, but no. it felt so much longer. Like, there would be times where the uh, it would move on to the next scene and a character that you thought had been killed, oh, no, they're alive and they're just tied up. And now there's a whole 20-minute long scene of them trying to escape. And it's like, uh, some like most of the characters don't even, spoilers, but most of the characters don't even make it to the end anyways. So I don't know why there needed to be so much in there of i don't know it just seemed like there was a lot of filler that didn't actually relate to the main horror of the movie i guess yeah it definitely seems redundant in a lot of ways and you almost feel like yeah you're just sort of it the, the scenes sort of play off like it's building to something more important than it is Especially yeah with like the characters that like yeah they you think they're gone and they're fighting back and you're like oh they've got a chance and then most of them, yeah, spoilers, don't make it to the end of this movie. But it's just kind of like, but why then? Why put in more <laughs> effort to, like, have them fight for, you know, uh, uh, give themselves, like, a fighting chance when they're just not even in this movie that much? But Yeah. That's uh, that's tourist trap for you. It's a, it's a weird movie. I, I think the reason I like it is there's a lot of that like mannequin imagery and it's really creepy. Like mm, the scenes mm -hmm. where the mannequins are like laughing at people or moving. Like I have like a fear of dolls, like just in general. Uh, so watching this, I was just like getting fucking anxious as shit. I was just like, oh, I, I, no, I doing this. Like, this is not cool yep. at all. Um, but yep. yeah. Yeah. I know we, we're not going to get to demo's decision for a while, but anytime someone goes into a room with a mannequin, dumb decision, yep. like just don't do it. Don't do it. They're always evil. Yeah. I uh, We used to have this babysitter when I was younger. And she had this big doll like that was hanging in the room that we would sleep in. And I just remember trying to like sleep. But I couldn't because this freaking like, doll was hanging up on the wall staring at me. Oh, yeah. And I think I had just seen Child's Play too. So like in my mind. Oh, like, no. <laughs> it was very realistic that like a doll could come off the wall and try to kill you. And I was just like, no, no, not. This is not what I'm going for. Like, no. Yep. No, I don't. I don't know how you were able to do that because I couldn't. I couldn't. I think somebody told me it wasn't real, but I'm like, I don't know. You try telling me Chucky ain't real. Back when you're like six or something years old, you know, you you don't know better. Your your creativity in your mind, your imagination is like getting the worst of you. So. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred. Uh, so why we chose this movie, I, I think it just doesn't really get talked about that much. And mm -hmm. 
I don't think it's necessarily a good movie, but it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a movie worth at least having a discussion on. Even if it's, yeah, probably not as good as a lot of other horror movies. I think it's got some things that it does well, um, like the some of the, the ambiance, like with the dolls and all that. Like, there's some good horror parts here. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of the story bits kind of just fall flat. Like you say, with like characters being considered maybe killed and then they aren't killed and it's just kind of gets a little messy at times yeah messy is a kind of a good word for it 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 seemed like they had some good ideas but there was just too much maybe that they were trying to do like when there's um one of the other girls i don't even know if she was with them or if she was just showed up out of nowhere but the girl on the table who gets the plastic poured on her face like, yeah. I'm pretty sure she was just a rando that had mentioned she had met him at a gas station, you know? Yeah. And they they totally could have just put her friend in that scene and used her instead of some rando. And, you know, they didn't need to have the whole extended her running away. Becky, I think, was the, the girl's name, running away. Yeah. Anyways, there's there's a lot of things like that in the movie that just seemed like... I, I, and, and I think we had talked about this before we started recording, but the his his powers are never explained at no. all like ever throughout the movie and at least in basket case that we did before there was like okay his brother can talk to him telepathically like that kind of makes sense because they're brothers and there's like a there's like a kind of an understanding almost as an audience member beforehand that okay yeah that should work but in this movie there's nothing there's no explanation he can just move shit with his mind and he's that's just what he does and for some reason instead of you know doing i don't know i feel like he's maybe just because he's crazy but he could do so much more with it than just sit in his house and you know make mannequins with people <laughs> i don't know yeah it's um yeah it, it doesn't really get explained much if at all uh what's going on in terms of like like the telekinesis and even like with um the museum owner like like yeah he's got his like love interest that he's turned into a mannequin but like i didn't feel like it was as fleshed out as it could be either but no yeah i think they were probably prioritizing having a 90 minute runtime rather than anything else because yeah this yeah. movie comes in just over 90 minutes and yeah, funny enough, I actually checked both uh, Basket Case and Tour Strap were both around 90 minutes, so it's kind mm -hmm. of weird. Both are, like, around the same length, but I feel like Basket Case is a little more efficient with his time than Tourist Trap, so. Yeah, Tourist Trap felt longer, for sure. Um, when was the first time you watched this movie? Um, I watched it for the podcast. I had not heard about it at all before uh, we brought it up for the podcast, so nice. it was an interesting watch, for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think the first time I watched it was on Shudder, funny enough. I was just going through Shudder one day, and uh, I, it came across my thing. And I know Joe Bob Briggs, who does uh, The Last Drive-In, he does he did an episode on it. And so I watched it with uh, the Joe Bob uh, commentary, and it was it was pretty funny because he, he was kind of doing the same thing. He's like, none of, these, none of these plot points make any sense. Like, it's just... <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I'll have to watch that. That sounds fun. Yeah. That's the... I, I think in terms of, like, the Shudder originals, one of the better things they do is the Last Drive-In. There's quite a few good episodes that they have on there. Mm -hmm. um, they just... The last one they did was for Slumber Party Massacre 2, and that was just so funny. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, I watched it and I was I walked away kind of thinking like I'm surprised you don't hear about this movie more. I kind of recognize it's not a great movie, but I think it should at least be talked about a little more than it is right now, which is not that much. Like you don't really, it's not talked about as much as other movies that are maybe not as good or even worse than this. So it's, yeah, it, it's not a great movie, but hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe we can talk about tourist trap a little bit more than we, we currently do. Yeah. And it, it has some good scary stuff in it. Like I think in my notes, um, I wrote Tourist Trap, a.k.a. Uncanny Valley, the movie, because it's just mannequins everywhere. And I guess there are some people who aren't terrified of mannequins, and maybe they think they're silly, and this movie is not scary at all. But ugh, I can't... Maybe it's just because of certain video games that I've played where there are mannequins that will follow you around, but I just can't... Being in a room with even one mannequin by myself is too much for me. I can't do it. <laughs> so this entire movie just even if it's not the best it's creepy as fuck basically yeah no uh i don't trust uh mannequins or dolls at all um no no, no. they're uh they're they're just shifty little little dudes and <laughs> uh we have one email uh jeff says the scene at the end freaked me out i think he's referring to like the scene where she's driving away and all of her friends are mannequins Yes, um, I 100% being honest, I think that was one of the best scenes in this movie. Like, yeah. if they had just ended it, if they had just ended this movie without that scene, I would have been like, okay, this movie is, you know, it's it's all right. It's got some good things. The mannequins are creepy. But ending on the scene where she's driving away with her creepy mannequin friends in the car, it, I... I don't know how to react to it, but I love it. At, for some reason, I just love it. It made me laugh, and I had to turn to my husband and describe basically the entire movie up until that scene, and then that scene just so he could get the full picture of it. Uh, because it just made it was it's just so good. I don't know why I like it so much. It's it's such a weird scene because it honestly doesn't really like it doesn't really belong in a movie. Like it just seems like it's such a weird <laughs> yeah. add on. But it also <laughs> kind of oddly works for this movie. Um, but yeah, the, the there are some like really creepy scenes. I think the end, yeah, definitely creepy. The scene where the chick is getting plaster applied to her face and yes. she's being suffocated, like that's actually pretty creative. And like same with the ending, like. The idea that she's driving away with all of her friends as mannequins. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's inventive. Like, it's weird, but like, you don't see that that much in a horror movie. Like, no. And I mean, to be fair, it, I'm, I think I love it a lot because it made me laugh, which is maybe not, I don't know if that was the intention of it or the intention was to be, oh my God, she's a crazy person now, yeah. which is still what, you know, obviously what you get from that scene, but. Just the the almost absurdity of it and seeing her friends with still like the, the weird mannequin faces and everything. It's a little jarring, but it I I honestly think that it kind of makes the movie a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that, but I, I honestly think that it makes this movie better. I think, too, this was like a PG horror movie and watching it, there's not a whole lot of gore or nudity or anything like that. But it's amazing that they're still able to keep some sense of dread and some sense of terror throughout. 
yeah, I I'm not always one to support a PG horror movie. Um, you know, I find in most cases it ends up being a case of being disappointed more than anything else. But in this case, it's it's a PG horror movie that I think uses the dolls and uses the creepiness of that for good effect. So mm-hmm. even though there's not as much blood and gore, it still manages to largely take advantage of its premise and and work work that into uh you know being what it is yeah and and some of the shots especially the way that they're set up are cool because like i think in that scene where he's uh, putting the plastic on that girl's face there is a shot of becky and oh no what's his name how howie howdy woody i don't know why i said howdy um and behind them you can see shelves and the shelves are covered in it looks like other plastic um i guess molds or casts i don't know exactly what he's doing with the plastic but the shelves are just covered in these things and it you if you're looking in the background it's it's kind of almost hinting that he's done this many 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 times yeah um and i thought that was a really cool detail uh just from that and it almost kind of made me go back or want to go back and see if there were other little things like that in the movie i didn't notice anything other than that but so there are little things like that in this movie that I do like. It's just, it's, it does seem like they're trying to do a little bit too much with it. Yeah. And I think this movie, if anything, would have been interesting with a sequel or a prequel. Like something to sort of flesh it out a little more. It seems mm-hmm. like, it's funny enough, like, I would say Basket Case doesn't seem really that set up for a sequel. And yet it still got two sequels. This actually is the opposite, where I kind of felt like this was, this could have used a sequel and it didn't to get one uh it seems sort of like like it would have you know you could have easily have set it up where these characters are uh you know like or like sort of the imagery of the mannequins comes back in a sequel or prequel so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i'm 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 picturing a sequel where molly goes around with her mannequin friends and like is living this weird life with them almost or like or then she becomes the murderer getting new mannequin friends or something like that i don't know she she seems crazy enough to to do that by the end of the movie yeah uh yeah you could definitely do like that like you could even like i mean most of these 80s late 70s horror movies slash movies they were just brought in a new crew so i could totally see them just being like Mm. we're just gonna bring in like some new people who are gonna go by the um by the by the oh by the museum or whatever like you just have them drop on by and yeah and i mean yeah with with like jason you don't even need to explain he can just be alive again kind of like you know all the other slasher movies just bring him back to life for some reason and then carry on as usual and then it might even end up being still a good movie as long as the mannequins are just as creepy (laughs) i mean yeah slawson got axed but i mean he can come back from that yeah, it was just one little axe to the head, you know? Yeah, I've seen worse. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, best line in this movie. Do you have a favorite line? Um, I think I had one where someone asks Lawson about his wife. She says, or I think it's when they first see the mannequin. That, spoilers is, I guess that is his wife in a mannequin. And one of them is like, oh, she was very beautiful. And he goes, she still is. And then just turns and walks away. And then they don't even question it or anything. They're just like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just creepy things like that. 
I don't know if I there was too many other lines that I wrote down for this movie though. I think for me it was uh, when Eileen asks if she can use the phone. He says, "Oh sure, help yourself," but it doesn't work. I got nobody to call. It's like, oh that's, yeah, that's so fucking. How he delivers that line, you're like, oh shit, like. But... <laughs> you like kill your family or something like uh so weird yeah a little ominous just a little bit yeah um but yeah there, there's not like a lot of lines in this that are like standout moments but that was probably the one for me that was like oh that was creepy mm-hmm. um okay uh best performance in this um i thought the actress who played molly was uh pretty good and um, I mean, Slauson is, himself is just a creepy dude, right? Like, as the museum owner or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of... I know that there was also... I don't know the actress's name. I, I mean, I never know the actress's names. But uh, the she played the mom of the girl from that 70s show. Uh, the brunette named Becky in this movie. She's also in that 70s show. And she's the only actor that i could actually recognize from him this so she was also on my list but it's uh, hard for me tanya roberts uh i think that's it yeah Yeah. um but i i it's hard for me to choose between them because i feel like there wasn't a super standout performance other than maybe molly's just because of how much her character goes through yeah yeah i i would say slazen i don't know i kind of felt like he had like he was pretty good like he kind of his role kind of reminded me a little bit of the guy from Blade Runner, the guy who's like sort of being coerced into working for the replicants in Blade Runner. Like he kind of has this like innocence to him at first. And you, like you almost just don't suspect that he is uh, the killer because he just seems so dopey and kind that like you wouldn't suspect him. Yeah. Um, but then the he... kind of guy, the kind of guy who would have a brother that's super over aggressive, while he's way more, like, subdued almost. Yes, exactly. And so, when uh, it, it turn, you find out that it's actually him, it's like, oh, okay, like that. I think how he plays that is so well done. I mean, it's mm. not like the most brilliant acting performance, ever, <laughs> but, but I almost buy that he's not the killer in this for a while. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That there, that is something that actually this movie kind of does well. Is that at first you're like, okay, this dude's creepy. He seems sus, mm-hmm. but then it does kind of convince you, oh, it's not him. He does. There is this other person uh, on this property that's going around and killing people. So it does kind of a good job of flip flopping your what you believe until you kind of get to the reveal. Even though the reveal is still very like. Uh, I don't know, kind of cliche horror movie where it's like, oh, I am my own brother and I killed them all, you know? Yeah. Um, but it it still does that good job of towing the line, I guess. Yeah. So it, it it's it's interesting. It's I think it's kind of like it's in a movie that maybe doesn't deserve this much death and creep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it works for what it's going for. Also, the, totally random, but I'm just rereading my notes and remembering that there was some, a couple of scenes where it really seemed like they were going to play up the romance aspect that seemed to be happening between Molly and uh, 
this Lawson guy. Like, there was romantic music playing at one point when they were looking at each other. And that was another thing that I think made me go like, oh, is he going to save her in the final act from something? Um, and then it just kind of never really resolved. Like, it was just one random weird romance scene. And then <laughs> nothing else after that. I guess it was just establishing that he was interested in her. Yeah. But it, it, it really seemed like Molly was also reciprocating for a little bit. And then that's maybe how that was going to go. But yeah. yeah, just a random, random thing from my notes. I mean, I, I just look at random people sometimes in DML. Roman <laughs> starts playing. <laughs> um, best kill in this movie. Uh, I think, I mean, you brought up the plaster on the face and that one was pretty, that was almost just disturbing, uh, in how he does it. Cause it's so, the scene itself is slow too, with just him putting like the plaster on. Um, yeah. well, even when he says like, oh, when you put it on, it's so cool and smooth, but then it starts yeah. to harden and it starts to burn. You're like, oh fuck. Like you, you know way too much about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. So that was. That was really creepy. Um, I I also kind of liked when they brought... I think Jerry is the... Oh, wait. I wrote down Jerry in my notes, but I don't remember if Jerry is the actual character's name or if I'm thinking about Woody. But when he, they, he comes back and he's... Uh, he looks like a real person, but he's actually been a mannequin the whole time um, to get Molly. He's got the axe and everything. That was, that was pretty good, even though that technically wasn't a kill on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like that a lot. Yeah. So that was a good one that I, I kind of like too. In yeah, it's I, I think yeah, yeah that one that was a good one. I mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the plaster one. Uh, although I would say I did also like Slaws and getting the axe. That was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not like the most creative. When she just sneaks up behind him, gets him like right in the neck too. Like yeah. I was like, oh geez, this is we're not messing around here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as you shouldn't with a serial killer, so. No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, dumbest decision. I think we touched on this earlier, but going into any room with mannequins, don't do it. Mannequins yep. are an evil, evil thing. Uh, no, I, I don't trust mannequins or dolls. So if I were in the scenario and I walked into a room and there was a bunch of mannequins anywhere, I would be like, cool i could be dying on the side of the road i'd rather take that than be in a room full of mannequins like yeah yeah actually though and like anytime you walk into another person's house like without like i know they were already on the property and he had talked about you know there was someone in there his brother was in there or something but you don't just walk away from your friends to investigate a house like, you have no idea what's in there. You don't know what's going on. And she just walks in through the front door. She, I think she says hello at one point. But, like, you can't just walk into someone's house. Anyways, I that's just super dumb. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many people or characters in movies do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty common thing. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's time to rate this. What would you give this a score of? Um... If it if it didn't have that scene at the end, I think I would give it like a five, like maybe like right down the middle of the road. It was just I don't know. It's so hard for some of these movies with when they have like not a great plot, but there's other like little charming things in them that just make me laugh or make me appreciate it. Yeah. 
um, because it's it's not like I would necessarily rewatch these movies just for those moments, but they do make me appreciate them all the same. So I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sit at a six. Six. Okay. okay, I'm gonna give this a seven. Uh, it's it's okay. It's not great, um, but I think it's got some moments like the ending, like the plaster kill. They're actually pretty inventive, and if they were in a better movie, would probably be you know like miles better but even then like i still find this movie like just watching it like honestly if i were to rewatch it i would probably just look up like a compilation of the best scenes on youtube or something like that like <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i need to watch the whole movie to enjoy it like there's a lot of moments i like in this but there's a lot that just sort of drags on and it just feels unnecessary at times but uh, yeah again yeah. For, for the creativity of it there's there's some interesting scenes here particularly yeah like the plaster kill like i i just think of that every so often i'm just like oh gosh that chick gets (laughs) covered in plaster so yeah i i think this movie it like if we're just comparing it maybe to like basket case that we talked about before um it has better kills and i i think it it is more creative in that sense but Yeah. yeah there are just some parts that drag and like even though the movies are this almost the exact same length this one just feels like it goes on for maybe too long. Yeah, it doesn't feel as efficient with its time as basketball yeah. does. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, we, like we mentioned, Steve's not here, but you can find him over at stevestebbing.ca or at the Steve Dead on Twitter. Uh, Taylor, where can people find more of you on the internet? Uh, mostly on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, uh, my username is Circeanic, and I have a website, circeanic.home.blog, for all of the other crap that I do in my life. <laughs> nice. Cause, yeah, you have a few other podcasts that you do, right? I do one other podcast with my friend, uh, Flog. Yeah, uh, we just talk about, like, creepy conspiracies or pop culture things that we just like to riff about, kind of. Um, and anytime, I think we have episodes coming out every other Thursday, and I always post on my website when they go up, so. Fun. No, I, I, cause like, I think like a lot of like the true crime stuff like that, like there's some creepy stuff in there. So, Oh yeah. And, and we, I think the most recent episode we had come out, we talked about the documentary, the Netflix show abducted in plain sight. Um, we talk more so about like the documentary itself, but we also go into like the true crime too, but it's just kind of riffing on, on whatever interests us that we can kind of conspiracy theorize about. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I'm over at threeingreeners.com, uh, where we have, like, podcasts going on pretty much every day. We're pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over on Twitter, uh, at Film Critic Kurt, and then over on Letterboxd, Fatal Koala. Uh, I recently changed my favorite films on, on Letterboxd, because I kind of thought, should they be movies that I think are good, or movies that are my favorites? And I decided, well, favorites don't always have to be the best movies. It just has mm-hmm. to be the movies that you find the most favorable, so... I put up Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, which is a movie that like I will watch any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Monster Squad, and then round it out with Roadhouse. Because like, just every, everything in life gets better with Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, until next time, where we're going to talk about Digging Up the Morrow, as well as As Above, So Below. Until next time, everyone. Bye for now.